hello, and welcome back to a very special episode of the Rat's Nest podcast. We've got Patrick O'Brien joining us. Hey, how's it going? Uh, <laughs> Patrick uh, is the mastermind behind Modular on the Mall and, you know, uh, works at Noise Engineering, does a lot of cool videos, makes a lot of cool music. So welcome. Uh, yeah. Thanks for inviting me to your place. This is really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming we're yeah. in um carl's uh warehouse those who listen to the podcast may know carl uh he makes the ectol moisturizers and the polygamist which i've talked about on the podcast before so yeah we're just kind of chilling and jamming today patrick uh just played a show last night at the depot uh, and we're gonna kind of play play around with that patch and then maybe do another another jam or something yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I haven't um, brought this minute, this amount of gear to a show in a long time, so there's a lot to unpack. But we'll have a good time. Yeah. What is that? Four rows of how many HP? Yeah, four rows of 104. Okay. So, uh, but I, you know, the the fourth row is mostly a keyboard. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I see that. I use this keyboard for a lot of things, and I like to really be able to have a lot of room to do arpeggiations. What kind? Of, what keyboard is that? It's, it's like from Sputnik plate? Modular. Sputnik. Okay. Yeah. And I see you've got uh, the planar joystick. Yeah, as well. the planar is. Uh, I like it because I can control multiple CV and then also record very specific patterns. Especially when I, uh, in this case, for this patch, I was using it to create kind of a like a wah wah effect with some of the melody, like a, almost like a trumpeter does when. Um, there's a really nice high, you know, like melody driving just to give it it's a little more human effect. So I try to record these really delicate CV pitches just to give it some more character so it sounds less electronic. Yeah, that's cool. That's a, yeah, I have a, like a Pafaco joystick, not nearly as, I can't like record CV, but it's a joystick. And I love using that for like the expressiveness. Yeah. Is amazing. But then you can all, yeah, especially with the recording, you can get very subtle. I'm sure, and like really fine tune your your like CV performances. That's cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's and I've been doing that a lot more. I, I did have the original planar and would just jam on it. And anytime you have a joystick and you bring it out to shows, people are like, "Oh man, it's like Atari. It's so cool." <laughs> like, it's a little more than that, but you know, uh, I do enjoy like just being able to show it off a little bit because it's just such a it's fun to watch someone play it, and then when you you know, move your hands left or right, and they actually hear the sounds, especially if you're panning. You know, oh, it just yeah. makes such a big difference. Cool. Cool. Yeah. You want to? Yeah. So I'll uh, fire it up. Yeah. Uh, boy, where do I start? This yeah. thing is jam packed. <laughs> like, I didn't know what to expect because this was my first show at the depot. So I started with kind of a um, more of a, like an ambient soundscape with a bunch of different granular processing going on. And like a slow built into the melody but then it's like ah, eh, let's just get to the fun part and then i just kind of kicked it on and nice. i played it for a while <laughs> so i'm just gonna we can talk about some of the granular textures earlier okay but i can just get into the um well actually i can get into that right now since it's here i can kind of walk through how i how i performed it i started with this um yeah i started with this uh, ability to take the um, I, 
got this noise ring, which is a really old module that I haven't really put played out. It does these really nice type of CV patterns. So I'm having it actually go through the Ataraxic Ateritas. Okay. Because that's already a really noisy oscillator. So it's actually doing these different various pitch shifting. And then um, it's also running a couple CVs from there and going into the Melodus Versio. Okay. Where you can hear some of the granular yeah. shifting left and right going on. So it almost sounds like planes going over or like explosions. In some way, it feels yeah. very dark right off the top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like spooky sci-fi vibes for sure. Yeah. And then there's also like this rumble. I have a the sync iter, which is a set into the noise mode to kind of create some rumbling that just kind of goes up and down along with that. Nice. Um, And then from there, I would kind of stop that and let that hold for a little bit, and it kind of settles for a while. And then I bring in a... um, And I bring in a, a melody... kind of sits over over that nice what is it what oscillator is that that we're hearing so this one is um i forgot (laughs) (laughs) asking the tough questions (laughs) yeah it's loquelic it's a loquelic and teratos procedo (laughs) Yeah, because I also have the DPO in my system, too, and I have the DPO as a dual oscillator, so one's running a bass line, and the other side is running what the keyboard does for a lot of arpeggiation. Nice, nice. Okay. So I can adjust this melody line that you're hearing here. Um, and then I can actually turn off the... I have a... a an external switcher here to turn off and on the oh the CD. melody to give it just okay. different turn off the triggers to give it oh, okay, okay. a little less more of a pause let it ring over this like shimmer yeah yeah that's nice and then I can turn off the trigger and let that hold for a little bit Then I would bring in um, the baseline here, which is the DPO. It's amazing oh, low yeah. end. And I can hold on this for a while. Then I can turn off the re- I have a reset that's keeping this this baseline just running almost like vamping. Gotcha. And then I can turn the reset off. Now I'm going into another oh, sequence. Oh, I see, I see. And this runs for a full, like, eight measures. Sometimes I like to play in almost a generative mode so I can stand back a little bit and just think about what it's doing. That's definitely my preferred way to play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the generative way. Yeah. So while that melody is going, we were talking about the planar before. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Sometimes it gets in that high end.
I hit record. Then I can just play that loop over and over. So now I don't have to mess with the. Right, yeah, you don't have to constantly wiggle the joystick. Yeah. So that would actually go through another sequence, but then I'll, I'll go ahead and just start that pattern over again and add the kick drum. That's a little too much. That comes later on. Oh. <laughs> I have three different patterns. So I'm going to pull that out. That was <laughs> because I, I haven't touched this right. since, since last night, so it was playing the maximum version of what the drums can do. Right, yeah, you want to start a little, <laughs> a little bit more sparse. Yeah. And so what I'm doing actually with the, the kick drum, I'm running circadian rhythms, but, uh, and circadian rhythms has eight different trigger outputs over 64 steps. Yep. So I devoted three of those for three different drum patterns, and then I used the two HPs 3-1 to switch between three different drum patterns. Oh, nice. So if I actually took all these out and just went with the drums for the second, since we're just... So, um, you know, that's pattern one, which is right. really short. And then later on, it gets into this a little bit faster. And then and it gets a little bit even more. So right, yeah. And I can kind of toggle in between them and turn everything back on again. Sometimes I'll do fills. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's an awesome use of... So what is that? The 2HP is like a three... It's like three inputs, and then it switches between them? Yeah, of? so I yeah. have three different patterns from the circadian rhythms going into three inputs on the, the it's called a three one module right okay and then the, there's a um, there's just a pot here that'll basically go one two and three and then I just turn that to go number two or number three which is faster one which is a lot yeah less so at this point I got that running and then I turn the the sequence going back into the full eight measures there. Mm. I like to evolve patches like this and just create. A lot of times I'm creating just a big mess and then I just take off and take, take on and off certain tracks. I can add a, like a snare drum here. Part I'll add the Laqualic Atiratas. Oh yeah, the noisy. That might actually take it back down a little bit. And then for the performance I did last night, I got into my keyboard. So I was doing a little bit of just like improvising on this. So I can single-handedly play the keys. If I hold two keys, then it starts doing the arpeggiation. Yeah, I love arpeggiators on keyboards. Yeah, it's really nice. And then you can hold the, once you get the arpeggiation set, it has this octave switcher. 
Nice. And then I also have it next to the Vile Ruina to give just a little extra filtering. You're definitely much more composed <laughs> like, than I am. Yeah, I think it's just like I have a piano background and classically trained and trumpet and stuff. I kind of yeah. come from that mindset. So I can actually let this sit for a little bit. Maybe I'll just play a little bit more of just the different arpeggiation. And that's the DPO too? Yeah. The keyboard's controlling? This is the DPO. It's Then I can bring the drums back in. Slowly building it up. Yeah. <laughs> I might bring the bass back. Fill in with that look, like a teratas, the pretty like yeah, that like kind of percussive yeah. sound a little bit, yeah. Which is only the one tone. I don't have it sequenced. It's just kind of that root note. Yeah. And I can just play this for like half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like having some flexibility with performances because sometimes you just don't know what the crowd likes and what they don't like. So it's, a lot of what I do now is I base a lot of where I progress my patches into what the audience is involved in. You know, if I'm doing some ambient stuff and they're like, uh, you know, it's whatever, they right. keep talking or just not paying attention, then I start doing things like this. <laughs> right, yeah. Gets people to at least start nodding their head to something and... Yeah. Yeah, maybe uh, actually listen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's an overseer, which creates this really neat, just almost DJ style. Oh yeah, filter. That's cool. Then I can get into like a more hefty bass part here. Yeah. This is kind of where the build started. This is where everybody's starting to be like, oh, I, I'm starting to like this. <laughs> <laughs> and then I might, uh, this is all with the Basimala Ceteritas Altar, just running that by itself at this point. And then I like adding in some extra percussion. Then I'm going to add some CV input to the Basimala. Just a little extra character to it. You always got to modulate the Basimala. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I have the decay turned all the way down, which creates a really nice tight feel to it. 
And then when I turn the decay up, it gets a little fun here. Yeah. I love the Basimilis. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a fan of like the hand claps. It's, they always feel cheesy in some way. No, I, I like the clap too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, if you hear, sometimes when you hear like a human type of sound, you're like, I want to mimic that or I want to feel that. You know, like when you watch someone head bop in a video, you're like, I'm suddenly head bopping. Yeah. So if you hear clap sounds, you're like, okay, maybe it's, because without them, I don't know. It's okay. Yeah. It's also just like that backbeat too that like really gets people grooving uh, as well as the sound. You know, it's partially that just like that something about the backbeat snare. You know, like it's just that yeah universal like, oh, now this is a bop. Now this is a groove. Yeah. And then this is like just rhythm. And then I still have all these other instruments that I kind of introduced throughout the beginning of the patch. Right, yeah, you can bring them back in. So now I'm going to just start bringing them back in starting like with the... Oh, you're still filtering and all. Yeah. Bring my overseer back up. Add a little, uh, little envelope this time, so it's not just this long melody. Now it's got some rhythm to it. And then bring that bass back in. Look well like a Teratas. Oh, kind of yeah. flying through this patch. And then the keyboard. There's still one oscillator I haven't introduced, and I'm all the way like, you know, 20 minutes into the performance at this point. Yeah, you're I always like saving one last yeah. thing. Oh, is this the one that sounds like the Game Boy? Yeah. Yeah, this, this, right I, I heard this last night and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. That sounds exactly like a Game Boy. Like, <laughs> I, I heard that sound. I was like, is he sampling a Game Boy? <laughs> like, like, what's that? Like, that is like, I get those sounds out of the, the DMG that I use. Like, like those exact sounds. Yeah, it's, it's the Ataraxic Translatron. It's Noise Engineering's first module that put yeah, out. Yeah, I have heard about that. Yeah. It's like a shift register. Shift register, yeah. Like an audio rig, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Then one time when I was rehearsing, I, I pulled out this the CV input for the tone knob. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I kind of like how that sounds. So I was like... So I just nice. built that into the patch. That's cool. Overseer is kind of fun here where uh, sometimes I like just to drop, kind of like make little mini drops in there where it's. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> or go the other way. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Overseer is a very sick. And then I bring in more, I bring everything else back.
uh, what are you using there with like the buttons to like kind of bring stuff in and out? Yeah, so I use um, the WND Performance Mixer for uh, for all the the that's my mixer main mixer. But then it has this expansion. Let me turn these off. They're little mute buttons. So that's just a mute channel for every channel, basically. Yeah. So it that's just awesome. creates the, a, a quick off and on. But then I ran out of room, so I actually had the drums on a separate, separate like mutes thing. Yeah, yeah. So now I have all that. Since the drums aren't really connected through the, like I don't have a the reverb that you're hearing from the clap is built into the fracture module from WMD. Right, right, right. But really, right. the 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 drums are for the most part dry. You're right. Dec- like a little echo on the snare. But the kick drum is just very dry. Yeah. So I bring all those in. I don't need to put them into my main mixer and use the auxiliary send that's going to the Dismodus reverb. Right. So I kind of leave those separate and leave everything else in the performance mixer to be able to add a reverb to. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I love the buttons and the visual feedback with the LED colors too. Yeah. That's great. And of course, you love the the WMD, WMD performance mixer. It looks amazing because it's got yeah aux sense and it's actually like shaped like a mixer. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, right. like it looks like a mixer. It's very um, seems very intuitive. Then I can you know sometimes I don't know how I'm ever going to end it. So maybe I'll just take the one at a time. I might just take the rhythm down. Very nice. I feel like I should applaud again. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, fine. It's actually nice to like tear it down because it, re- it, like going through it back in my head again after doing a performance. It really helps me remember and recall like what really did work and what didn't work. Because sometimes you just never know. I this was definitely not. I mean, there was parts of this that I thought I would definitely play to the crowd, but I did get rid of a lot of that earlier ambient. Um, like cool stereo stuff because it just didn't fit the crowd. Right. So um, definitely knowing what the audience wants and the venue that you're at and being able to prepare for that. For um, sure. Because sometimes when you go to places, you're just, this is the first time I was at the depot. So I'm not really sure, are the speakers good? You know, did they have living on a prayer, like slamming through them for 10 years? And then now I want to play some beautiful, like multi- spectrum like ambient set you know right, yeah where you're just gonna miss some of the low end or you're gonna miss certain parts and i've been to some venues where i have a really cool like effect doing left and right stereo panning and i get there and it's like the speaker is up in the rafters and there's only one speaker and it kind of rattles <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so yeah. i'm like okay but that expectation so now i've kind of over the years have just learned to be able to be flexible and not to be as um when i first started doing performances i was very much like a classical pianist i would play exactly the same set i could pick it up play it in any venue and and almost like match perfectly i was like very structured 
then I'm like, ah, eh, what's the fun in that? Because then you're not really listening to the audience engaging. And um, it was good for me to learn the modules and the techniques. Mm-hmm. But then as I got more into it, I was like, come half patched and just yeah. improvise. Like I have a friend of mine in Los Angeles who will just come and play completely without anything patched. And then yeah, just... I did that the last show that was supposed to be at the depot, but then ended up being at the reverb. I, I think I, I was also just busy and I didn't have time to like prep a patch. So I was going to just come kind of start patching and like have it plugged into my zoom and like just listen to it beforehand and then kind of start from there. But then I had left my SD card in my computer and it was not in my zoom. So I couldn't even like the zoom doesn't work unless you have an SD card in it. It won't even let you like monitor. And I'm like, <laughs> Guess I'm patching from scratch, but it turned out okay. I mean, I also do more ambient drone kind of stuff, uh, and I feel like that's a little bit. You know, I don't have to be as composed, so like I don't have to have like uh, as much to kind of like switch between. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, but still being able to do that, I I still haven't actually done that yet. It's a lot. It's very nerve-wracking but it's a lot of fun yeah i'm sure it is i I would want to do a few uh like maybe have a few ideas and i don't want to cheat it where it's like okay i'm going to patch everything and then i'm just going to take the cables out and take it somewhere and then try to re-cable it right i mean when it comes to tuning i would like i don't want to have an audience listen to me going you know like (laughs) hang on a second i i'm a more a more of a melodic guy so just bear with me for these eight steps (laughs) right yeah yeah but there are ways you can kind of, like with the DPO, you can just do these slow oscillating moves until you find exactly where you want. And then mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I meant to do that. That's right. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, cool. Well, good. Well, I can, I'm done playing this set, so I can tear it down and <laughs> we can right. play whatever. So That sounds good. We'll, uh, we'll be back with uh, a jam of some kind. Sweet.
I guess to, to start off so far, I've just got the black wavetable VCO uh, going into the mimeophone. Some sequencing coming from the ornament and crime. The triggers are coming from the Pico R&D. The envelope is coming from Mads. And then I'm also using the other channel of Mads to kind of slew the pitch so we get little like slides in between the notes. Nice. Uh, what, what are you doing over there, Patrick? Well, on my end, um, running a nice drone through the Ataraxica Teratas, which is going through the Melodus Versio to create a really nice granular processing. Then I have this kind of plucky, almost like crispy, high-end sound coming off the Quilica Teratas Presido, some stabby yeah. effects. And then I have a, a low end through the Quilica Teratas, just for a, like a really low drony sound, low end, that I can kind of toggle back and forth. And that's going through this modus. Yeah, I love the Dismodus. Right now, mine's an Electus, actually, right now. Nice. <laughs> Still. Uh, I got. I want to play with the Melotus, though, the granular. I haven't played with the, the Melotus yet. I think that's next on my my list. <laughs> sure. I love the Shimmer mode on uh, yeah. both of the modules. Actually. Yeah, seriously. On the Dismodus especially, I think that's... I don't think I use any other mode <laughs> on the Dismodus. It's usually Shimmer.
kind of moving more into beat territory. I've got the Basimilis going, a bunch of modulation coming from some stepped outputs that are all being triggered by the Numeric Repetitor. It sounds like Patrick's got maybe the Ataraxic Teratas. <laughs> I've cranked up the Loquilaca Teratas uh, okay. now, but I'm using Mimetic Digitalis as CD outs all the CV inputs on Loquelloc, which is like my absolute favorite thing to do because it gives such a rhythm to an oscillator. Yeah. Just, just CVs and create this gritty, like, you know. Yeah, I love like that. vamping bass line I really enjoy, and it's just very distorted.
I've got more modulation on the Basimilis, and then I've got the Cursus of Teratos into the Pittsburgh Modulator Crush for just like a little like extra percussive thing. We got two Basimilises going. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I just got the little over the floor kind of feel. Yeah, yeah. And really doing a lot of fun with the some of the soundscape in the background between Melodus and Dismodus yeah. create this just like ongoing reverberant sound. Kind of messing with some of the tone to bring it down and up. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Thank you, Patrick, again for joining. Uh, and shout out to the patrons and everything. Patrick being one of them. That's right. <laughs> so. well, I, I love what you're doing. Uh, it's really funny, actually. I, I didn't know what Rat's Nest was on your podcast. And, oh, really? And then when I was actually building this patch, because I never heard of the, the, the term. Right. And so when I was building this patch, I had put all the modules, uh, in one case to the other, so I had these really long cables, and it just looked like a mess. And actually, somebody commented on my Instagram and said, that's quite a rat's nest. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's what this means. So I feel complete now. Oh, uh, that's amazing. <laughs> but thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, of course. I hope we can do it again sometime.